So I promised you that I'd start talking about specific lies, errors, mistakes in thinking that keep us from following the way of Christ. Well, let's begin that today. Here's one that I see all the time. In fact, this is one I've slipped into more times than I'd want to admit. It's the idea that I am weak and I am helpless, that I can face situations in life that are huge, that are imposing, that are threatening, and I'm overmatched by them. I can't deal with the pressure. I can't deal with the rejection. I can't deal with the expected bad report. You can have this idea that you're too weak to handle the challenges of life, whatever they might be. It might be something you're enduring right now and you think, how can I keep this up? I can't keep this up. I can't do it. Or it might be something you're worried about is going to happen. Have you ever thought to yourself, boy, if that happened, I could never, ever endure it. Have you ever thought that? I remember when I was a younger man, I thought that about my father when he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I thought, I can't, I can't deal with this. My father died six months later, and I dealt with it. I dealt with it. I didn't have a choice, and I did. And you have gone through similar things where you've had to deal with it. There was a couple in a church where I was the interim pastor at one time whose daughter, during the time I was there, whose daughter was in her apartment, someone broke in and murdered her. And I remember thinking distinctly at that time, my heart was going out to them. I mean, everyone was so concerned for them and they were overwhelmed with grief. We all understand that. But I remember thinking at the time, I could never, ever endure that. So I thought, but you know my story and you know about my brother. And after he was murdered, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, God is good, grace is real, all is well. So I endured it. See, we always have these ideas of things that we can't endure. At that time, my, my niece, I had gathered the family around, I was going to do the service, and I said, you know, I wanna say what you want me to say, what, what's on your heart, what do you want me to say? And my niece, Amelia, said, I want you to say that our hearts are broken, but we're not broken. We're not broken. God is still with us. There was a strength there. She could cope. See, Christianity gives us strength to cope, and it doesn't do so by telling us how weak and helpless we are because we are not weak and helpless. Now, I know, I know, I know. You want to say, well, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said, which is absolutely true. He did say that. Of course, the previous verse, he says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. I'm not apart from him. I've put my faith in him. So, no, I am not overmatched, but sometimes we feel like we're overmatched. We feel like we're dealing with things we can't cope with and we feel helpless. And there's a kind of toxic 
piety that feeds into it. In the church, sometimes we talk so much about, oh, we're sinners, oh, we're weak, oh, we can't do anything without the Lord. All of that is true, but by emphasizing that, we miss the larger point, that we are forgiven sinners, that we have been renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit who's come to live within us, that God is with us, that he is empowering us, Now, he's not empowering us simply from the outside, doing things for us. He's empowering us on the inside, making us strong. So I am not weak. I am not helpless. And if you have real faith in God, you can say the same thing. In fact, if we have real faith in God, we will also have, here's the word, self-confidence. We will believe in ourselves if we believe in God. Now, I realize there are people who can have self-confidence that don't believe in God. And sometimes it's well-founded and often it's not. But you can't have real faith in God without having self-confidence because God has made you, God is with you, he's called you, He's empowered you and he's equipped you. And you have to cast out of your mind every thought that you can't deal with what's on your plate right now or that you won't be able to cope with what might come ahead. If I get a bad report from the doctor or if my spouse gets a bad report, I can't deal with that. If my child does this, I can't deal with that. If I lost my child, I couldn't deal with that. No, actually, you can None of us wants to, but actually you can. That's an important truth in Scripture. So I was in Renee's office uh, after he got back from this trip following the journey of the Apostle Paul. One of the takeaways, he said, was Paul was amazing. He said, there was a lot of walking on this trip, but, you know, we had transportation between places. Paul walked these long journeys. It was difficult. There were nights he spent in the middle of a thunderstorm being drenched, cold and hungry. He had to worry about bandits along the road. He was persecuted by his opponents. He was, he was stoned within an inch of his life. He was beaten and imprisoned on different occasions. Paul knew what it was to suffer, and he knew what it was to be forgotten by those that should remember him and to lack the support he needed, so to be completely without. But let me read to you something that he says. This verse always astonishes me when I read it. I mean, What he says at the end here is life-changing if you take it to heart. Philippians 4.12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do this through him who gives me strength. Or it actually reads more literally, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I actually prefer that rendering because it sounds like a slogan by which you can live your life. You notice how what Paul is saying is that I can deal with whatever the future holds. The troubles that might be there, I can deal with that. 
I'm not worried about it. Why not? Notice, because he had confidence. I can do all things. I can handle it, he says. I can handle it. I don't know what's ahead of me, but I know I'm going to be able to handle it. Well, Paul, that's so arrogant. No, it's not arrogant because he knows where the strength comes from. I can do it through the him who strengthens me. But notice, notice, it's not God just doing things separate from Paul. Paul is strengthened by God. He says, I am strong. I can do it. I am able. I am not weak. I can do it because God enables me to do it. So that's where faith and self-confidence, they come together. And if we as Christians are continually talking about our shortcomings and our flaws and our sins and our failures, and we think about how we've tried to overcome some habit and we failed again and again, and we think, oh, I'll never get over this. Or, you know, I'm just destined to be disappointed again and again. People always let me down. I mean, we've got this whole thing worked out. and We think, I can't live with that. No, actually, you can you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can meet every challenge. Stop telling yourself you can't. Stop lying to yourself. You can do all things because you're strong, because God has made you. And if you're a believer, he's filled you with his Holy Spirit. One of the stories I really love is Gideon because Gideon was such an unlikely hero. I mean, he, he was called to be a judge, to lead God's people. Now, the setting, you can read about it in Judges chapter 6. The setting is the Midianites, a people who were to the east, the northeast of where Gideon was. They were, they were an imposing force at that time. And they would sweep through Israel from time to time, and they would steal everything they wanted, the crops, the animals, and whatever they didn't steal, they would just destroy. And so Israel was in terrible straits, and people were hiding from the Midianites in caves and, you know, behind rocks and all the rest. Gideon himself was threshing out the grain, and... <laughs> He was doing it down in a wine press. So he got down really low so if the Midians came by, they couldn't see him. And so the angel of the Lord comes to him and says in Judges 6, 12, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> oh, here he is, hunched down in the wine press. I wonder if any Midianites are here. Oops, that might be one. And the angel of the Lord comes. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, Gideon didn't feel particularly mighty. In fact, in a couple of verses later, he says, listen, I, I belong to the most insignificant family, and I'm the least in that family. I mean, he's a nobody. That's how he sees it. And the angel of the Lord's calling him a mighty warrior. And God has a mission for Gideon. He wants him to deliver Israel from the hands of the Midianites. I mean, of all people to call, he calls Gideon. But listen to how the call reads, Judges 6, 14. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Go in the strength you have. 
Well, no, you don't understand. I've got, come from this little, small, insignificant family, and I'm the least in that family. And, you know, you may not have noticed I was hiding in the wine press from all the Midianites. No, mighty warrior, you go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? See, with the command comes the power. He has the strength. Now he needs to go in that strength. See, that's, that's us. We have the ability to cope with whatever comes our way. So, you know, we shouldn't treat anything as a catastrophe that will overwhelm us that we can't cope with. We can. We can. We can. Go in the strength you have. Now, as I said, we, we often, you know, talk differently about ourselves. We, we find fault with ourselves. We highlight our weaknesses, and we begin to believe our own propaganda. And when we do that, we think we're being really humble, but actually, as we are undermining our own self-confidence, we are also expressing unbelief. Here's a perfect example of that. Exodus chapter 3, Moses sees a burning bush. Now, you know Moses is in the wilderness because things didn't go so well for him in Egypt. He thought he was all that. So without God's guidance, he stepped in. He was going to deliver his people, and things went south, and he had to flee. And so he's in the backside of the desert. He is over trying to save the world. He just wants to earn a living for his family. But there's a burning bush, and the bush isn't consumed. So he goes, and you know the story of how God speaks to him from that bush, and God says he wants him to go to Egypt because he's to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go, and he's going to, Moses is going to lead them out of Egypt. That's the commission that he's got. And so Moses responds by saying, who am I to start making demands on Pharaoh, Lord? I mean, who am I? This is a man who's had the arrogance beaten out of him by real life. And he's drawn the wrong lesson. See, he made a mistake, and he suffered for it, and his life was forever changed, but he drew the wrong lesson. He drew the lesson that somehow he couldn't step up. He couldn't do what God commanded. No, that's not the case. The right lesson would be to understand you, got, you can't get ahead of God, and expect for God to back you up. But that's not the lesson he got. The lesson he got was Moses is too small. So, Lord, who am I to go to Pharaoh? And God said to him, I will be with you. I will be with you. That's the assurance. It's not who you are. I will be with you. And he said, I'll make sure that the elders believe you. And then Moses says, but, Lord, what if the elders don't believe me? And what if they don't believe you really spoke to me? So God says, well, here are some miracles I want you to perform. Here are some signs, and that'll make sure, you know, they'll believe you when they see the signs. And then Moses says, please, Lord, I'm slow of speech. I've never been eloquent. I can't go before the elders of Israel or before Pharaoh and start giving speeches. You know I'm not able to do that. And God says, who do you think made the tongue? I made the tongue, the mouth, and he said, I will help you speak. 
Then Moses said, please, Lord, send someone else. And the Bible says God burned with anger against Moses. Think about that. Now, Moses is just being humble. He's just being humble. I mean, he's taking his sandals off when he's in the presence of this fire that's burning because he knows God is there. He has reverence for God, calls him Lord. Moses just being humble, and God won't have it because that kind of humility is unbelief. It may be an example of lack of self-confidence, but the lack of self-confidence is rooted in a lack of confidence or faith in God. That's really important to remember, to hold to. It's so often that, that we, we think that all these limits we place on ourselves and all these things that we identify ourselves and we, we put ourselves down and we hope that by doing it, God will side with us and help us to do greater things. The truth is, God wants you to stand up. He doesn't want you whining in prayer about, Lord, I know I'm just this and I'm that and I'm not the other. That's not what he's looking for. You know, there's a great story about that in Joshua chapter 7. So Joshua had been told by God after Moses died that you're taking over. Josh, I know this is scary, but you're taking over, and you don't have to worry about it because, because all you have to do is follow my commandments. So just be strong and courageous. You just step out. Wherever you place your foot, that's going to be your territory. So, so go for it. Well, Israel crosses the Jordan River, and everything looks like it's going just as planned. And then... Well, you know the story of Achan who took some property that wasn't his and all the rest, and Israel then lost unexpectedly in a battle. And Joshua falls on his face and begins to pray, Oh, God, what's going to happen to us now? We're going to be overwhelmed by other peoples, and what are they going to say about you? And this is a disaster of, of unimaginable proportions. I'm paraphrasing the spirit of it. It wasn't exactly said that way, but you know what I mean? This is like, this is terrible. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Do you know what God says? God says, get up off your face. Go back and read it. Joshua chapter 7, he says, get up off your face. I love that. God says, stop praying. Get off your face. He said, Israel has sinned and you need to take care of that. In other words, there's something for you to do, and you can do it. I told you, obey the commandments, be strong and courageous, and I'd be with you. There is disobedience in the camp. you got to deal with that, and then all will be well. In other words, he had to take responsibility. He was able to do it. God made him able to do it. There are sometimes we can pray ourselves into a depression. You know? There are times we can pray ourselves into depression. We need to know that God is with us. And when we pray, let's pray in faith. Let's pray in faith. As Christians, let's remember it all comes from God, but let's remember God really does give us all that we need. Let's meet every challenge with the confidence that we have what is needed 
to do what God has called us to do. We may be tired, but we can still raise these kids and get this family through. We may feel pressured by our finances, but you know what? Seek ye first the kingdom. Everything else will be added to you. We'll make it through. I mean, whatever it might be, you can do it. You can do it. When we believe that, it changes everything. So remember last week I talked about self-talk, about how we tell ourselves things. We need to start preaching to ourselves. Here's what we can preach to ourselves. Here it is. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would teach us this lesson, that you would teach us that you are present and you are powerful and you are with us. Lord, forgive us for when we have, in the name of humility, mouthed unbelief. And Lord, there are many battles that we face and there are battles that some of us are facing right now that are severe. And Lord, I know you know that. You know that. And and it's not easy and it won't be easy. And there will be tears in many cases and deep hurt. Lord, we understand all that. But we know that we can do all things through you. You equip us and we thank you for it. And our prayer is that you would give us the kind of faith that can take a stand and can walk the walk and can triumph over all. Lord, the scripture says we are more than conquerors through you. May that be evident in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.